Good morning, and welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It's a joy to see all of you gathered here, and uh, also to know that there are several of you worshiping with us online, and we give thanks for that. For announcements this week, uh, a lot of great things are happening at First United Methodist, including the Women of Faith will be gathering for a summer supper on Tuesday night at the Country Club at 5.30. They would love to have you join them. Also, Wednesday night, a Wednesday night activity, start back with a fellowship supper at 5. Uh, classes at 6, at 6.15, there will be a blessing or dedication of a Sunday school room in honor of Beth Kimball. And then there will be an ice cream social at 6.30. You do not want to miss all the fun. Uh, I, there's a rosebud placed at the front of the sanctuary, and it is in honor of Asher Brooks McFarland. Born August 3rd, uh, parents rise and Lindsay McFarland, grandparents Robin Wilson and Rex Wilson. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come with joy, anticipating meeting you. And we pray, dear God, that you would multiply us, uh, that joy within us, so that we might be renewed and so that we might be found faithful and we might be faithful as your disciples in this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
So children that participated in Vacation Bible School, you did this. Thank you very much. And these will go to children in Nicaragua. They will be blessed today and be sent for Christmas presents for those children. The stockings were filled by the congregation, and they will be given to children through the Salvation Army this Christmas. If you still have a stocking out, please bring it to the church uh, by the end of this month and there are a few more left if you would like to participate in this mission project today we will bless these stockings and these shoe boxes and those who will receive them after the blessing of the shoe boxes I'll ask the ushers to come forward and we will receive the morning offering and as as we do that you're invited to register your attendance on the pew pad at the end of, of the pew and if you're watching us online, please leave a comment so we'll know who, who's joining us for worship today. Let us pray. God, I thank you for your presence with us and 
the power of your Holy Spirit. And I just pray that your spirit be upon these stockings and these shoe boxes. God, I pray that the children who receive them will receive them knowing that they are loved. Loved by you and loved by this congregation. I pray that, that they would go out and be an instrument of sharing Jesus to others. And in them, children may find peace and comfort and joy. And not only do we pray these blessings upon the shoeboxes and stockings, but we also pray blessings upon those who are in need, dear God. The needs of those who will receive these, the needs of those who are sick and hurting today, the needs of this church, our community, and our world, especially our heartbreaks for the people of Maui, dear God. And we just ask that your spirit be with those needs and that you would provide healing, comfort, and care. And not only do we pray your blessings there, but also on the gifts that we're about to receive. God, we ask that you multiply these gifts, guide us in their use, all for your glory and for the coming of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
So I had a pleasant surprise this morning, but I have to ask, James, what are you doing back here? <laughs> now, I think he, you might be having some schedule changes. Well, I'm thankful it's crazy in the laboratory world. Never be sorry. I am grateful you are here. And I just realized that somewhere in this I forgot to announce that the children should go with Miss Catherine. But thankfully they are well trained and they went anyway. <laughs> so last week school started back. And in honor of school starting back, we're going to do a, a sermon related to math. So... Do we got any math majors, accountants, finance geeks? Bob, Butch is shaking his head, so a few, a few. Um, this sermon is for you. Do we have any math averse? Anyone who breaks out in hives at the thought of doing calculations? our calculus, our spreadsheets, we have uh, more that will admit to that. Well, this sermon is for you because you are not the factor in this type of mathematics. Today we're going to look at kingdom math and Jesus is the, the factor. He is the uh, equation that solves all of our problems. I invite you to take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of Matthew the 14th chapter, verses 13 through 21. Matthew 14, 13 through 21. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd... And he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, There is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so they may go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves. And he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. They took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men besides women and children. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and this example of multiplication in Jesus' hands. And I pray as we look toward your word that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus is deeply grieved. His colleague in ministry, John the Baptist, has just been beheaded by Herod. He's found out, and he has gone away, trying to get away, to find peace in his grief. Well, he gets in a boat to escape the crowds, and the crowds follow him. They follow him along the shore. And, and seeing the great crowds, he has compassion upon them. And he begins to teach and to heal, and the crowds grow. It's getting late, and the disciples say to Jesus, you need to send these people away. We can't take care of their needs. But Jesus is able to take care of their needs. Not only take care of their needs, but he provides for the surplus. He provides for 5,000 men, the women and children, and 12 baskets of food are left. 
The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is found in all four of the Gospels. It's one of the few stories that's found in all of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are a little different than John. John includes some details that we do not find in the scripture reading for today. And one of those details is implied in the scripture reading for today, and that is the giver of the loaves and fish. In John, we see Andrew talking to Jesus, and Andrew says that there's a boy with barley loaves and, and fish. That boy is a key character in our scripture reading for today, even though he is not specifically mentioned. Can you imagine being that young man? We don't know why he came with the crowd. He could have heard rumors of miracles. He could have heard uh, the news circulating around the land and wanted to see Jesus for himself. We don't know. We do know he was a prepared young boy, or perhaps he had a prepared young mother who made his lunch for him. But unlike the others, he had food to eat. We also know that he was willing to give it, or at least Andrew was convinced, convinced him to give it because he wasn't hiding his food or squirreling away in some corner trying to eat his food discreetly. He gave his food to see what Jesus could do. And I imagine as the, the loaves and fish left him that he was likely wondering what's going to happen. Did he expect a miracle? Maybe not. Maybe he just wanted Jesus and the disciples to eat and he was willing to give his food. Or maybe he was a reluctant giver. Perhaps he was wondering if he would get in trouble with his mom because he had nothing to eat and came back home hungry. That uh, we do not know. But I'm sure as he pondered what was about to happen that he was excited to know that the food was coming back to him. The meal was coming back to the boy. And not only to him but his neighbors and there would be leftovers. This was a greater return on investment than bonds or the stock market or real estate. It was a return for the increase. The young boy learned that little in our hands can be placed in Jesus' hands and Jesus will provide for the increase. Life with Jesus is that way. It's not a scarcity mindset, but an abundance mindset. Because our little in the hands of Jesus becomes great. We give what we have, and Jesus multiplies. He continues to provide for the increase. It's like what Paul wrote to the Corinthians when he said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God provides for the increase. It's neither I who water or Apollos who plants, but it is God who increases. And that is still a truth for us today. Now, when I say this to you, I'm, I'm not talking about the prosperity gospel. Do not, no, I'm not saying that at all. What I mean by that is if you give your loaves and fishes, you're not going to get back a luxury car or a condo on the beach or a cabin in the mountains or the overflowing bank account. That's not what this abundance means. But it means that what we offer to God comes back to us in extravagant ways. Sometimes that is with resources, but many times it's in ways we don't expect. Ways that further the kingdom, ways that reach people in the name of Jesus. And that is, is beautiful. But too often we don't focus on what's going to come back to us and this abundance. We focus on scarcity. We get in the mindset of fear. What is not? What will be? But we have to focus not on the limited, but the opportunities before us. I was reminded by a member of the church a few weeks ago that in the life of the church, there is always opportunity. There is always a chance, opportunity for us 
to place our little in the hands of Jesus and allow him to provide for the increase. There is always an opportunity for us to participate in kingdom math. That is a lesson that we can all learn as followers of Jesus Christ. So how do we start this kingdom mathematics? How do we begin? Well, I believe we begin where we begin as members of the church. If you're a member of this church, you promise to support this church with your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And if you're not a member of the church, I still believe those are the basics. Those are the basics that Jesus has called us to practice in our life of faith. So we start by placing our prayer, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness in Jesus' hands, and we allow him to provide for the increase. So prayers. The Bible says that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. Now, we're not righteous by our own merit, but we're righteous in the work of Jesus Christ. And because of that, our prayers are powerful. And they are quite powerful when they come together as a church praying for folks. There's a woman in this church that told me the story of her battle with cancer. And she said that any time she would have a procedure or treatment, she knew that you were praying for her. She could feel the prayers. She could feel the healing. She could feel her family of faith supporting her through her prayers. And they were powerful. And she believes that that was the strength that got her through the very difficult times. Your prayers came together and were a strong witness and strong work in this woman's life. When we give our prayers to pray for the prayer request, to pray for this church and its ministries and the needs of this community and the world, they come together to make a difference. People feel your prayers. Your prayers are powerful. So pray. Service. A few weeks ago, we did gift to Gadsden here at First United Methodist Church. Now, it took a lot of people to make Gift to Gadsden happen. There was registration and teachers and cookie bakers and people who cleaned up and set up and so on and so forth. You get the picture. A lot of people served to make that happen. Well, imagine, if you will, if one person did the work to try to make it happen. It wouldn't have happened because one person couldn't do it all. But then what if all those people did their work and they didn't work together? What if they worked in isolation and not as a team? It takes a team in service to make great things happen. God multiplied the gifts of the individuals and they came together in an act of service to make a difference in people's lives and in this community. God multiplies our service. That's just one example. So go out there and serve. Presence. In my first sermon here at First United Methodist Church, I reminded you that Jesus is present with us. He's present with us today. When two or three gather in his name, he shows up. So when you're not here for worship, and I do realize you're here for worship, so I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but when you're not here for worship, you miss the presence of Christ. You miss Jesus among us. But more importantly, this is the body of Christ gathered in person and online, and you are missed. We are not the same without you. You are missed when you are not here. If we believe that the church gathered is the body of Christ, then there's a part of the body missing. There's a piece missing. There's important things missing when you are not here. God takes us as individuals and allows us to be his body for a hurting world. So be present. Gifts. Our gifts make a difference. When we give to the church, we fund important ministries. We are able to fund uh, missions, um, 
a building which provides for quality daycare for children, children and youth ministries, pastoral care for the hurting, uh, a facility for worship, and I could go on and on and on. These are just a few of the ways that you're making a difference. Individually, you couldn't do those things. You couldn't keep up this building. You couldn't provide for worship or programs or missions and all the things that this church does. But together, God takes our gifts and provides for the increase and makes a difference in, in this community and world through our gifts. So give to the church. Witness. We never know how our witness is going to make a difference. And God certainly multiplies our witness for his kingdom. In fact, the numbers are there. It's not hard to dig for them. 2,000 years ago, Jesus called 12 men to follow. And from there, he called a few more. And those few were gathered in the upper room at Pentecost. And the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they went out to give the good news to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. People believed, and eventually that came to the Roman Empire and spread around the world. The day I wrote this sermon, I googled how many Christians there were in the world. And it is 2,604,381,000. Multiplication. From those few men who were in a remote region of the Middle East, we are here today, and churches all over the city and world are gathering today. That's multiplication at its best, and we are part of that line of saints. So witness. Of course, it can be quite scary to participate in this kingdom math. Just like that young boy, we have to let go. We have to give it to God. We have to make the time to be people of prayer we have to invest in this congregation by serving. We have to give. We have to come to, to worship. We have to witness. We do all of those things to be the church. We give and Jesus provides for the increase. So you see, math fanatics, it's there. It's as easy as multiplying by Jesus. So you see, math averse, Jesus is the common factor. He's the one who solves the problems. So we just have to trust and let him do the factoring. If someone asks, where is First United Methodist Church? You might be tempted to give the address on the corner of 5th and Chestnut. But that's not where First United Methodist Church is. First United Methodist Church is where the people are practicing kingdom math. Because we're the church. And when we gather in the name of Jesus, when we do the factoring, when we trust the Lord for multiplication, God can do great things. God can build his church and use us in his kingdom math. When people gather and give their little to the Lord, God provides for the increase. And that is amazing work on his behalf. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that you do provide for the increase. And it's an honor that you take our prayers, our showing up, our serving, our giving, and our witness to build your kingdom. God, it's an honor to work with you and for you. So we ask God to help us to give our little so that in your hands it will become much multiply what we offer and allow us to trust you as an act of faith in Christ's name we pray amen please stand
God working in your life and you would like to unite with First United Methodist Church by membership, profession of faith or baptism or if you have a prayer need in your life and you would like to talk with me or have someone pray with you after church, I'll be available after the service to speak with you. And now for the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.